Unleashed and Inspired podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired podcast. Let's be honest, planning a wedding is tricky. And at Be Engaged and Inspired, we'll share our knowledge to help you navigate these tricky waters and leaving you feeling inspired. Be Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by EasyEventPlanning.com, who make planning any event fast and easy. EasyEventPlanning.com. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Welcome to the Be Engaged and Inspired, the podcast. Oh my God. Hi, hi Kia. How are you doing? <laughs> I was doing fine. How are you, Sam? I'm doing ecstatic. Welcome to another edition of the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. We are here in an undisclosed location on six a, feet apart. Uh, yes, 16 feet apart, as a matter of fact. And um, I'm feeling good today. Feeling Clearly. Good. Good, so good. it's Wednesday. Yes. Are you feeling good enough to share a wedding tip? Well, I'll dig one out of the bag. Here we go. Our wedding tip Wednesday can be found on the Be Engaged and Inspired Facebook group page. Go there every Wednesday and you will get a brand spanking new wedding tip. And today's wedding tip Wednesday is start your wedding playlist today. Don't wait until two days before. Or week before. before. (laughs) Or the month before. Or anything before. Start it as soon as possible. Create a playlist um, I think Spotify does a great um, managing uh, software mm-hmm. uh, online for that, or pen and paper. Doesn't matter how you do it. Start your pen playlist today. Like you could basically just put it into like a Google Doc and like type them in as well, you go. I'm giving people the the left extreme and the right extreme. Ugh. They can either do it online, or they can go back to the Stone Age with pen and paper. Or pencil and paper. <laughs> I think the Stone Age would be t- chiseling it into the stone. I'm just going to put that out there. But it is true. You should definitely start to do those, you know, at least think about it. I also always say, like, when you're making that playlist, like, if you're picking your first song, make sure you can actually dance to that song. Yes. Or, like, that you like that version. Or if it's a specific version, they should be informing you about things like that. Yep. So since we're talking about music and talking about playlists... Feel like you picked a topic for us today. <laughs> yes, it's as if we planned this, isn't it? <laughs> you planned this. I did. <laughs> Picking the perfect playlist. See all those peas in there? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying them. So anyway, so perfect playlist for what? Okay, so we're going to discuss ceremony music. We're going to discuss cocktail hour music, and we're going to discuss dinner music, and then finally music for dancing. That's a lot of music. That's a lot of music to pick, but if you start early and don't wait until, you know, two weeks before your wedding, you're you're going to get all this done. Well, you can also, you know, I don't know, use your discretion. Somebody's hired you as their professional, so, like, what's the pre-ceremony music? You can really say, like, hey, I'm going to play some light jazz, which I hate jazz. I'm going to play some, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. You can put... You can just right. say, hey, this is what it's going to be, just greeting your guests, and then you can start to pick the things that you want to walk down the aisle to or walk out to. Exactly. I, I try not to confuse my clients too much about the prelude music before the ceremony. I usually suggest to them either pick classical music or you want some love songs or you, you just want something bland for people to listen to as they're being seated. Because people, did you just use the word bland yes, when it came to yes, music? Yes, yes, I did. But because, one of the important things is that if there's a song that you love, like I had a bride once who— For the prelude. 
Well, That's when people are walking, the guests are being seated. Guests are being seated. Yeah. So I had a bride who like loved Ave Maria. Yeah. And for some bizarre reason, they played it while guests were arriving. Yeah. But the bride missed it. So like it was the uh, thing that she yes. just kept... She's like, have they played it? Have they played it? Have they played it? And it was one of those things where, you know. Got to play it again. They have to play it again. And that's why it's really important that if there is a favorite love song of yours or something, that we do give you the heads up. Right. So for the ceremony, I would suggest to uh, anyone to at least try and decide what type of music you want as the guest to be seated. Do you want classical music? Do you want love songs? Bland music. Yeah, that that I would consider, just as you said, you don't like jazz. No, Kenny G CD. Put that on and just let the guests walk into that. I know. Uh, But people have suggested that because they really don't care what the guests listen to as they come in and see it. Then the next uh, elements are the music for uh, the groom to walk down with his his men and the parents and obviously the processional for the Mm -hmm. bride. Very important. And of course, my favorite is Pachelbel's Canon. I just love. Uh, it's a very pretty one. Yeah, it's very um, popular. Do, do you have a, a particular favorite? Uh, it is one of my favorites. Yeah. I also like. Um, it's a trumpets one. Trumpet volunteer. That would be the one. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so it's important that that as the couple, you decide what songs you're going to walk down for the processional. And you don't have to go that classical. You no, can you pick don't. new things. Yes, or if you have one of our violinists, mm-hmm. uh, they can play something um, contemporary. Uh, ben, our violinist music contractor, actually came up with the office theme <laughs> on a violin to be played for the bride to walk down the aisle. So if you want something different, uh, if you uh, have a DJ that's going to be playing music for you and you want something classical but contemporarily... There's tons out there. There's there's a string quartet that does, like, Metallica (laughs) music. That's a little weird. The problem is is when you're a guest and you know that you know it, but you don't... (laughs) You're like, like you can't put your finger on it. I know that, but it doesn't... Yeah. So you've got to try and set the scene for your guests. And if that's what you're trying to do... uh, I I know I I mentioned... uh, Jimmy Buffett again. If you're into that sort of theme and you and you want reggae music for you to come down the aisle, then find something that goes along with that neatly. Then during the ceremony, if you're going to have a sand ceremony or jump in the broom or whatever, if you want some music played for that, you've got to select that. So think about the, the but middle once of the again, ceremony. Sometimes that can feel very overwhelming, especially if you don't know what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're getting married, I don't know, in the middle of a field and you're not going to really want to focus on it. It is the opportunity to say to you, hey, Sam, what what have you done for others what can we do? What sounds good with what we already know exactly. that we liked yep. or how we're ending things? You yep. know, maybe the office is not the most appropriate thing <laughs> right in the middle of, you know. And that's the thing. Ask your entertainment. If you've mm-hmm. got a band or you've got a wedding planner or you've got a DJ, ask them for suggestions. We have suggestions right on our website. If you're booked with us, you'll be able to get into your client area, which gives you the suggestions right there on the page for each element that uh, that we're referring to. But yes, you've hired your professionals. Ask them for mm-hmm. suggestions. And then the final one for the ceremony is the... Recessional. Yes. Once you get married, there is some great music that should be played as you get married. And it doesn't, as Kia said before, doesn't have to be a classical piece. Yep. It can be the theme from whatever. Games of, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I don't know if that's an appropriate <laughs> wedding one. But it is, it's a way to sort of signify that, hey, the I guess the deed is done. The and deed is done. Another one bites the dust. Yes, that's a very and, popular. And then, you know, you're going to now go off to cocktail hour. That's right. So ceremony's done, cocktail hour, and during the transition from that, your music should 
at least have some sort of differentiality. So if you got classical during the uh, ceremony, I usually suggest my clients have something different for the cocktail hour. A little bit different. It doesn't have to be extreme. No. It doesn't have to be extreme. <laughs> I'm just saying. But the other rock. thing is, one of the things that is very, I find really important is when ceremony has ended, depending on where you are, especially if you're all in one location, there should be music somewhere else playing. In that location. In the cocktail location. Yep. Because that helps draw people to where they're supposed to be going. Yep. You've said that before, and it's absolutely true. If your uh, DJ only has one setup where he has to break down for the ceremony and then set up for the cocktail hour, then and break then down for the cocktail hour and, and then set they're up. carrying like a speaker past you, this yeah. is the wrong decision. Nothing halters what's going on yeah. or at least causes people to... Wonder what's going on. What's going on or yeah. pay attention to the fact that there's a guy lugging a gigantic speaker. Yeah. Not yeah. You don't lug the gigantic speakers anymore, yeah. but... So the, typically you should have one ceremony system, then a cocktail hour system, and then the main system for the dinner and dancing. So cocktail hour music. I suggest to my clients to go to my website. And um, on my website, I have, and you can do this now, all the w's.atmosphere-productions.com and go to the top hits section there and you'll see a list. And it gives the top hits, uh, different genres. I suggest to my clients, uh, obviously jazz is a great piece of music, <laughs> uh, uh, a variety of jazz artists uh, during the cocktail hour. If you want to have standards, and usually standards, I try to incorporate some new music. So by standards, I mean Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Louis Armstrong, but I also include Nora Jones in there. Oh, uh, that one I get. Michael do. Buble, Jack Johnson. I kind of incorporate that into my, what I call standard set list. But I also think during cocktail hour, one of the important things to think about is that there's probably a little bit more communication amongst your yes. guests going on. So it should be light. So it should be light. It should be something that you can talk over, but it should also still have a little bit of fun and impact, especially for the people who don't know anybody else. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the Michael Buble songs, you see two people like, yeah. I don't Bobby know, bopping their heads. their heads. Yeah. And then they like start to talk. But it is something that, you know, you you have lots of people going up to the bar. People are serving food. You know, especially like, hey, this has, you know, nuts in it. This does not. These are important <laughs> things that you want to have. Make sure your guests can hear, but Absolutely. you still want it to be entertaining. Absolutely. On the flip side of that, if if you don't want people to talk and you want to have a fun cocktail hour, I, I've suggested that you have something called Yacht Rock. What in the world is this? <laughs> yacht Rock is, I, I blatantly call it, California Michael McDonald Soulful Rock. So Yacht Rock is really a genre of music that recently came out. Uh, you can go on to XFM and uh, find a whole channel of it. It's like the Doobie Brothers. Um, it's like Nicolette Larson. It's like 10CC. It's soft rock with a soulful, jazzy feel. I say Michael McDonald because his voice is so recognizable yeah. that... When you hear the Doobie Brothers or you hear him doing his own music, you can also hear him in a lot of the background singing in, in a lot of these these type of music. So it's it's soft rock with a beat that has a little bit of a soulful edge to it. Check it out. It really is cool. If you don't like that, you can pick your own playlist. So if you've already decided that, well, I want this type of theme to be throughout and it's music that uh, uh, we love from when we met at a bar or but, we met somewhere. So the one thing that's going to happen and I, I think you've discussed this a lot and I know that we've discussed it before but 
if you are a person who loves country music and country music is 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 it for you you should still take the time to incorporate a few other things in it because not everybody loves country music and i don't know many people who react really well to like listening to hardcore rock all night either like so you really have to like your own stuff and present it but you also have to sort of be aware of the fact that you're not the only person that you're sort of catering to her. Right, but I would disagree with you for the cocktail hour only. I have many clients that say, well, we just want country during the cocktail hour, but we're not going to play it anywhere because we know what, nobody else dances. Uh, now, okay, then that's an that's, appropriate way to put it. Exactly. But if you're planning on having country all night. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't do a wedding reception, country, rock, or any other type of genre all night long because that's just not the sort of DJ that I am. And I don't suggest to my clients that you do a one type music event because your guests will leave right after dinner yeah Guaranteed. i would i'm oh crap i have to work so i can't but <laughs> but i mean that's it, it's a genuine thing it, the music does make you feel whether you're welcome it makes you feel like you can talk to other people about it yep. um and if it is just one-sided sometimes it can feel like you're whew, you're it, stuck in a bad yeah groundhog the, day type of thing and you really have to think that your guests might just think that, well, the bride and groom don't care about me and they're playing this one type of music because it's all that they want. So you, you've got to factor that in into your... And I've, I've seen the opposite of this. I've seen people who only play like swing music yep. or like 50s, 60s music. Yep. And that really goes towards one group of audience as well. And even if that is your thing, um, once again, if you're hoping for that packed dance floor... You're, you're going to have to mix it up a little. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and try not to think of the words too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of songs out there that don't have wedding appropriate lyrics. If you actually went in and read the lyrics, you'd wonder why this song was ever a love song. And I can't Sometimes think Sometimes it's not a love song, it, but people don't know I, that. I, exactly. The one I can think of is uh, The Police, um, Every Breath You Take. Mm-hmm. It's actually a stalker song. No, oh, yeah, this uh, is stalker. Sting has actually said that on numerous occasions that he was following his his wife around. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did get married. So I'm not sure how stalky that was. No, no, but... no. They were just getting ready to get divorced. Oh, that's and what... he was okay. <laughs> so the lyrics, although they are very important, don't don't put too much attention on them unless I think the lyrics the... count more for the music that you decide to walk down the aisle to exactly than what you're listening to during <laughs> cocktail hour. So now we're gonna. Take a quick pause and we're going to come back and we're going to discuss this like awkwardly weird time of dinner music, but also wanting people to like not fall into a sleepy coma. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. Do you like goats? Do you like farms? Want to get married at a goat farm? Bradley Mountain Farm, located in Southington, Connecticut, is the perfect location for your wedding. Choose from a lakeside or field ceremony. From intimate gatherings of 25 up to 300 tented, Bradley Mountain Farm is the perfect venue. Find us online at engagedct.com. Hey, everybody. This is Lizzie from Taking Care of Tummies and Lizzie's Catering in Coventry, Connecticut. We have been serving Connecticut since 1991. You can reach me at my website, which is lizzie'scurbside.com, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-S, curbside.com, or my phone number is 860-742-3221. From my Yukon family to weddings and any special life event, we will create a personalized menu for any occasion. And remember, food is my focus. Lizzie'sCurbside.com, 
860-742-3221. Hey, Sam. When it comes to finding the right professional vendor, it can seem overwhelming to know where to start. It can, Kia, unless you use EasyEventPlanning.com because they'll find perfect vendors for your event within your budget and deliver them right to your inbox. You can search through over 28 categories of party and wedding services. Get the details you need to narrow down your choices quickly with their category-specific profiles. Chat with vendors via text, audio, or video from any device. EasyEventPlanning.com will make planning your wedding or event easy from their extensive vendor directory to their free tips on favors, decorations, themes, and more. Contact them today at EasyEventPlanning.com. Hey, Aaron Miller here from Aaron Miller Photography. I'm Michelle from Destination Weddings Unlimited. This is Marty Q. Hey, everybody. This is Lizzie from Lizzie's Catering in Coventry, Connecticut. And I always listen to DJ Sam and Kia on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. I listen every week inside of our new mobile tuxedo showroom. And I listen to the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast every single Wednesday. And you know what? It's free. 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 Free on iTunes and Google Podcasts. I suggest you listen to. You should listen to. Atmosphere Productions for professional Live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. When your wedding entertainment has to have the amazing music be fun, organized, and unforgettable, your choice has to be Atmosphere Productions. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www.atmosphere-productions.com DJs, live musicians, custom lighting, and photo booth. Atmosphere Productions for Meadowbrook Estate is the hidden gem of Connecticut. Located in Marlborough, Connecticut, we offer a -a one-of-a-kind wedding experience. With lodging for up to 30 guests, choose from our indoor or outdoor gated wedding package. This luxury venue is versatile and still fits within your style and budget. Visit us at meadowbrookestatect.com. Social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Now, back to Be Engaged and Inspired podcast, sponsored by EasyEventPlanning.com, who make planning any event fast and easy. EasyEventPlanning.com. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Short little break there, and now we're on to the best part, dinner and dancing. Oh, dinner and dancing. I was going to say, I don't know that dinner music is the best part. But once again, you have to think about the fact that your guests have all just been seated to their table. Your tables may be mixed with people who totally know each other and totally don't know each other. So there's going to be conversation, depending on what style dinner you're having whether it's be plated or there's you know toast there's all this stuff going on buffet doesn't really matter your your guests are still going to communicate with each other at that table absolutely so you don't necessarily this is maybe not the appropriate time to like drop down some heavy metal while you're trying to like well the latest hip-hop song yes yeah Ah. you have to think about the generations that you've invited to your wedding reception and play to them So, as I said before, if you want an all-country dinner uh, music, that's fine. But I would also suggest that you would sprinkle 
some contemporary or some love songs or something just a little bit different to kind of break it up. I love dinner hour or dinner music because I'm able to play a lot of songs in that time period that I wouldn't normally be able to, able to play anywhere else. I like to dig up old soul songs, old rock songs, 70s songs, old 60s songs. But and also, as long as they fit, I will play them in that genre. But also as you're eating dinner and you're doing this, you're also sort of leading up to something that's going to be happening. So you're not putting, you're not trying to put guest to sleep. No. But you are sort of starting to rev them up a little. What I'm doing is I'm building the playlist. That's what it's, it's uh, Ooh, technically called. Yes. <laughs> Technical fancy words. So at the very beginning of dinner, I try to keep the music as low key as possible. And once the plated service is done, then I start building up uh, not only the tempo but the volume and I try to watch and see what tables are you can always tell which tables are oh, yeah. you they're, can... they're bobbing their head and they're looking <laughs> over me and I say yeah thumbs up I like that song and I, what I'm trying to do I'm building the playlist up to a point where I know that I'm going to release them if they're having a cake or first dance or something so that they are ready. I'm priming well, parent, them. Parent dances sometimes yes. is the, at least the way when I set up a wedding, um, that's sort of my ideal that we've had dinner and we might be right at the end of dinner. And I really like to get into those parent dances because I feel like it signals those people who are at that table giving you the thumbs up, Sam, yep. that after that, really, they could enter the dance floor if they wanted to. Right. It's really sort of like they're not, they're waiting for the appropriate social marker that says, hey, we can start, you know, wiggling right. out of our seats. Right. I've had uh, clients that have also kind of flipping you on this, uh, Kia that have said that we want to dance mm -hmm. through a portion of, of dinner. And that's typically has to be done right after the the introductions are done or right after the main course is done because you cannot have people dancing while the wait staff is bringing out plates and trays well, of Well, also, of you've just paid usually a pretty expensive amount of money for food that you want your guests to be seated and able to eat. Hot. Hot yep. and not coming back to their table, which also sort of leaves it really confusing for your wait staff. Like, do I, yep. do, do I pick up their plate? Because what if you want, I mean, I have been known to like, because we eat quickly as vendors. Yes. I mean, I've taken like two bites of my mashed potatoes and, and, gone. and gone to go do something and come back. And I would be horrified and yep. I would hunt down whoever stole my food at that point in yep. time. Yep. But that, that those are the things that you don't want to do by having um, so much dancing going down during dinner. Right. So I, I usually uh, suggest to my clients, if you want dancing during dinner, not a problem. Just right after introductions or right after the main course has, has been served. So going back to your example, if we're going to have parent dances or cake cutting, I usually try to get everybody up dancing for 15 or 20 minutes before we do those events. So I, I usually play a Unless little... Unless you're working with me because I make those parent dances. Then you can have them <laughs> dancing for 15, 20 minutes. And then we do cake because I feel like you need to give people a break before you shove more food down them. You see, what, what, I, what I don't like about that way is... I need to, to get them up and dancing once I've got them primed. And then I don't mind taking a break to do those uh, parent dances or cake cutting. True. 
Yeah, but I don't. There's, you, there's, there's two different ways to do it. I agree. And I usually win when you and I are working oh, together. Of course. But I have the microphone, though. You do have the microphone, and you've always been very appropriate about it. Yeah, but you, I, you have to be appropriate. You're absolutely right. Whatever seems to work at that particular time is, is even though the, maybe the, the couple have said, well, we want to do dinner and then go right into this and this and this, if on the day that doesn't work, your favorite word is pivot. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to pivot. And one of the other things to think about is when you're thinking about music and how it's moving, um, you know, we are tend to be pivoting all day. Like, oops, you know, we yep. just lost the father of the bride or, hey, she, you know, that bustling of the dress is not happening at an efficient rate. Um, a lot of people often say to me, like, I didn't realize how many breaks I have to take throughout the night and so a lot of people try to put those into big group clumps which is important but if you do too too many many. things then it's like this is like why i'm always like how many toasts are we having like really if if your uncle wants to give a toast he should be giving that at rehearsal because your friends and family love you but no one wants to sit through 45 minutes worth of toast no one wants to sit through 45 minutes of like you dancing with your dad then dancing with your grandfather then then dancing with your uncle and then dancing with your brother and then vice versa you know like That's just not the way that people mentally think about the no, situation. You're, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, so going back to our situation now, we're getting ready to uh, do release those. Release the hounds. Release the hounds. So <laughs> I, I have this mental game game that I play w- with myself, how to get everybody up and dancing without actually saying something on the microphone. Which is obnoxious. It, it is obnoxious. Like everybody get I don't even know how to do How would you do it if I, you. I don't because this is the, this is the game that I play. I, I know that there's, I'm not going to say what songs I play but there are four or five key Mm -hmm. songs that i know that if i play and i don't get everybody up and dancing i'm in serious trouble with this crowd so i I, i've i've had a wedding once which was a sunday afternoon wedding and the dj was unfamiliar with the location that we were at so there's a lot of things and it was a constant struggle it was a constant struggle because they, they kept saying, okay, everybody now up onto the dance floor. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to take a group photo, everybody up on the dance uh, floor. It, it, hey, like, would everybody get up on the dance And, I mean, that was, I think, said more than it, like, the couple's name. And that's why I don't tell people to get on the dance floor. Even when, when the couple says, oh, you got to invite everybody up on the dance floor. No. <laughs> you, there are other ways of getting people up on the dance floor than actually asking them to get up onto the dance floor. So once... We've got some music going that is danceable and you've got some couples up and we're dancing for 20 or 30 minutes. Then uh, we do the dances or dinner is done and we do the cake cutting. We do the parent dances and then we're off. Cake cutting should always be later because cake cutting for some people is the universal marker of here, have some cake, Mm -hmm. have some coffee and get the hell out, which is not what it's not meant to be. Um, Unless I agree with you there, but unless it is what you meant to be. (laughs) Unless the couple have decided that they wanted to do their parent dances in between the courses, Mm -hmm. then I would do cake at the end of dinner. Or if they don't want to have any interruptions after the uh, okay. after the dinner, they just do the cake cutting and then we party till the end of the night. But one of the things that you're also really well aware of is there's a point where you do have to give people like a break. You can play all this upbeat music. You can do all the things that you're doing, but you do at some point have to slow things down so that people can, I don't know, catch their breath, change their shoes, something, but not fully exit the dance floor. Yeah. So now we move on to the dance music uh, for the reception. So your playlist should definitely include a first 
song or two that you absolutely love and that you know that you and your better half and the bridal party are going to get onto the dance floor. Mm -hmm. This is a crucial time. Now, I do not suggest that you tell the DJ, well, you have to play this as the very first song. Your entertainment knows how to read that room. and They know, should. They should if they're expert enough. But your suggestion is vital on this. You know your guests much better than we do because you've hopefully partied with them for many Once years. Once or twice. <laughs> so you know that Footloose is a great song that even grandma's going to get up and dance. Then, yes, suggest that. Hey, we would like to get everybody on the dance floor and Footloose everybody dances to. Make that suggestion, absolutely. But it's got to be a key song that can get everybody up and dancing. And if you love one of those songs, like the Footloose ones, these are the key points prior when you're building this list, is to sort of flag them for you oh, yes. that you know. I mean, I, I had a, a groom once who had the... What is it? The Rains Down in Africa song, like before it got redone. Oh, Africa, Toto. Yes. Yeah. So that was like his song. Like mm -hmm. all of his college roommates, yep. he would he would constantly play it in his dorm. Yep. So they all got like went over to the oh, DJ, yeah. said, hey, we need you to play it. And sure enough, the groom had stepped out of the room. Yep. Nobody was paying attention to it. Oh. And so then he had to play it again. again. And that's yeah. one of those like. Mm. That's a horrible thing to happen. So. I have, if you go back to uh, all the w's.atmosphere-productions.com, go to the top hits page, you will see on that page there is party uh, songs and songs that will get everybody up and dancing. So those are the songs you, you kind of target, uh, and they're contemporary songs. They're uh, songs that's old-time rock and roll celebration, all the songs that you probably hate. But there's a reason why all <laughs> there's a those reason songs... why you know all the words. <laughs> <laughs> because they actually get people up and dance. Now, you may not like them, but the list is endless. There's so many of those great songs that we can play. I've never had a client that has gone through the whole list and say, well, I don't want any of these songs. So, okay, so you don't like Celebration, but you might like Brown Eyed Girl. You might like some Motown or something else that's going to get people up and dancing. Those are the ones that on your playlist you need to target. I suggest to my clients that you pick six or... Or 10 of your most favorite songs that you will dance to no matter what. And yes. those are the key ones that you need to focus on. And then the rest of the list are songs that you can throw in throughout the night that you know the... the or at least give counts. you the band names and, you know, yeah. like, hey, love this stuff or love this album or whatever. So yeah. you can sort of mix them in. So be honest, Sam. Name yeah. me, like, one song that you just deeply, deeply, deeply hate. That gets played. There's, there's really no Liar. song that that, that, <laughs> that I deeply hate, hate that comes uh, comes to mind. But there are songs that that are either overplayed or they just don't have the same feel anymore than they I used to. I will kill you if I have to ever listen to Uptown Funk again. Oh, I, I could play that all day long. Oh my god, no! I like it, they it, because whatever year that came out. I feel like it got played two or three times at a wedding. I feel like I listened to it in the car on my way home. I yep. felt like when I went to whatever the next wedding was, I, like I couldn't yep. get away from that song. And yep. it just is like ruined for me. You mentioned about a, a groom requesting a song. I had a client uh, maybe five years ago that requested Bohemian Rhapsody. And they said, if I played it, everybody will dance to it. I said, there is no way that I'm playing Bohemian Rhapsody all the way through because nobody's going to. It's a really long song. It. it is. It's a great song, but it's not a wedding song. And I hadn't played it for years. And he said, Sam, trust me. 
and I, I couldn't believe it. When I played it, everybody was on the dance floor, including grandma singing. So he knew his, his audience. Exactly. And that's the sort of songs that we need on the playlist that we can play to your guests because you know your guests better than we do, but we know the music and how to program it better than anybody. But think about it the way, like if you listen to radio, you're, they're not just throwing like just <laughs> random songs up. Like we've all had it when we've hit like the shuffle button, hmm? like on our old, like there used to be a shuffle button. If you had a CD, yeah, you could hit shuffle you, you and it would just pick songs from in the, in the uh, CD. <laughs> but even when you do like shuffle on some of our online apps that play music, like, whoa, you can't end up in my like having a sad rainy day album for whatever that is with my, you know, upbeat dancing yeah. workout music. You just can't work out to Nora Jones in the same way that you can work yeah. out to Moby. Like, it just doesn't work. I say to my clients that your wedding reception is like a radio show. So a radio show has all the music put together and they have commercials in between. Do you think that the radio station actually cares about the actual music that is being played? Honestly, no. It's the commercials that they are selling. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is, in using the same analogy, is that the different events that are going on throughout your wedding day are like the commercials. But because you're the DJ, I'm, or I'm the DJ, the DJ is more interested in the music. I do know what your role is. <laughs> And that music has to be programmed so that everything else makes sense throughout mm -hmm. the day. So don't give the DJ songs that you, you don't like. I, I, I sometimes get my clients that give me a whole list of songs that I, they don't like. Sadly, that's useless to me. Yeah. I just want to know what you like. Just give me the songs that you like. If you can't give me specifics, then please give me genres. And then don't be mad if I play a song that you don't like yeah, because I mean, you didn't happen. give me your list of songs but that you like. But it's the same thing when you're dealing with catering. You wouldn't go to catering and say, please serve me all the foods that I don't like to eat. Exactly, you wouldn't. <laughs> you would be honest about it saying, hey, I'm allergic to that, so I can't have that. So it's the same thing with the music. While typically you don't have allergic reaction to something... Usually. But it is giving you, you do have to give a little bit of leeway to you to sort of read the crowd and do what you need to do. Yep. But you're also trying to fit into creating a memorable playlist for them. Absolutely. And, and before you mentioned playing slow songs, absolutely. I always encourage my clients to give me five or six, eight or nine love songs. We're not going to play that many during the dancing portion, but I need to have them in case I read the crowd and see the dance they floor need, waning. They need to breathe or they're exactly. switching their shoes. And there is always a moment during a reception where the dance floor clears out. I, I've never done a wedding where it doesn't. And that's because people just need that time. And you have to be able to, as a DJ, read when that clearing out is about to happen. And you hit it before they hit you. Yeah. Or so you're going to have an empty dance floor. Yeah, I agree. So once again, like you said, we should pretty much from the start, you should at least start to whichever way you take down notes, start to create some <laughs> sort of playlist um, just to even just help you guide them through that part of it. Or if you're very specific, then this is yep. a great opportunity to be really specific because yep. you're going to take that information and you're going to work with it. And, and the final thing is really the last dance. You get to pick the last song of the evening. What's your favorite? My favorite? Well, Time of My Life is good. What a Wonderful World, Louis Armstrong is really good. Um, I, I, I Sometimes I like an up-tempo song. I like and, the, the whatever that home one is. 
By Michael Bublé. No, it's not that show. one. That one's oh. a sad one. Yeah, it yeah. is. No, oh. like the home, I don't know. I'll figure it out and I'll play it for That's you. That's why you're not a DJ. Because <laughs> I'd be like, eh. You know the one where there's like a girl and then like, I, no. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I would that, be horrible at this. The last dance is very important. If, if it's a song that you had thought of having as your first dance song, I sometimes suggest to my clients, use that. If you're fighting about two songs for your yeah. first dance, have one as your first dance, one as your last dance, or pick something that everybody's going to dance to. But or... also when you're picking that last dance, mm-hmm. make sure it's sort of ending the night. Because I mean, I've, I've, I've been to weddings where people have said like, okay, like we're on our last song, you're playing the last song, but it wasn't what people were sort of expecting. And, yeah. and so they're yeah. like, one more song. One and more sometimes song, yeah. you can't do it. And sometimes yeah. you can. So I feel like that last song, the conversation is really important about what it's going to be. Yeah. And my philosophy is when I say it's the last song, it actually is the last no, song. No, Sam really is that way. That's you know, he doesn't joke around because he's like, hey, you'll have people come up to him being like, hey, like, wait, encore, one encore. No, nope. no, the plug's already out of the wall. No, that's like the first thing he does. He just like rips it out of the wall. He's like, yep, I'm going home. Probably already has his truck. Uh, oh, no, it's running. Van. It's running, running already. Yes. So I think these are great things for people to think about. Obviously, when they're going to come meet with you, you don't have to have everything picked out instantaneously you have lots and lots of time to like think things through and do whatever put a little effort into it before two or three days or a week before your wedding true so remember you can download us for free off of itunes and google play you can subscribe you can rate us you can do whatever you need to do (laughs) we just want you to listen and you come back next wednesday be engaged and inspired podcast is sponsored by easyeventplanning.com who make planning any event fast and easy easyeventplanning.com Produced and copyrighted by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut.